0: Welcome to Ikoi Baptist Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast services. Listen and be blessed. Last week we started considering the topic preparing for a new shepherd. And um, there we made it clear that as a church preparing for the coming of a new pastor after having one for 25 years, we had to seek the face of God, we had to pray, we had to fast, and to so this point, we can say the Lord has led us, and the Lord has given us a man after His own heart. And we made it clear last week that for us as a church, expecting a man after God's own heart, we must understand that that man after God's own heart is not a saint, is not an angel, is a man like us, and is bound to make mistakes. And so we should not expect too much from him. We should we should allow him because he is not perfect. We also said that. For a church expecting a man after God's own heart, we must understand that we must be prepared as a people after God's own heart. And we listed the expectation or the characteristics of a people or a church after God's own heart. Number one, they must be open-hearted. Number two, they must be united. Number three, they must be loyal. And number four, they must be fat. That is faithful, available, and teachable. So this morning, we will conclude on this topic And um, the same topic, preparing for a new shepherd, is what we are going to continue on. What I am doing, or what I want to do today, may be like very unusual. Very unusual because um, it might be misunderstood. Many times you want to preach messages like this in a church or in a congregation where you are not known. Maybe you are just a visitor, so you go there and you tell them because you are not part of them. So it's easy to preach this kind of message. But I believe that as the Lord is leading us, as the Holy Spirit is directing us, this is very important for us to do. For us to prepare for the servant of God that is coming. For us to know what are our expectations, what are the things expected of us as, servant, as people of God, who are expecting a servant of God. And so we have read, in addition to Jeremiah 3.15, which we read last week, we have also read this morning, Hebrews 13, verse 17. Hebrews 13, verse 17. And the Bible says, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls. As those who must give account, let them do so with joy and not with grief. For that will be unprofitable for you. For better, better understanding, I've taken time to check out this verse from other versions of the Bible. And I'm going to, um, to read out what the other versions of the Bible say um, concerning this verse. That is um, Hebrews 13, verse 15. The King James Version says, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls, as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. The New International Version says, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority, because they will keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that will be of no benefit to you. The New Living Translation says, Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. The Jubilee Bible um, 2000 um, edition says, Listen to your pastors. And do not resist them, for they watch for your souls, as those who must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. The message, the message Bible says, be responsive to your pastoral leaders. Listen to their counsel. They are alert to the condition of your lives and walk under the strict supervision of God. Contribute to the joy of their leadership, not as drudgery. Why would you want to make their things make things harder for them? The last one, that is the Amplified Bible, says, Obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them, recognizing their authority over you. For they are keeping watch over your souls and continually guarding your spiritual welfare, as those who will give an account. Of their stewardship of you. Let them do this with joy and not with grief and groans, for this will be of no benefit to you. So, looking at these five versions of the Bible, we discover six versions of the Bible, we discover that it helps us to understand and have clearer understanding of what the writer of this passage is saying. But I've divided it into seven. The messages in this verse, this one verse, seven seven uh, messages and, and I compared every, uh, what every version says. And I'm going to read that out for us so that we can have clearer understanding of what the Bible is saying. However, let us have at the back of our mind that when we are referring to the shepherd or the pastors or the servants of God, we are referring to those who are godly, those we know are called by God, are true servants of God, those who are walking with the fear of God. Those who are not working for their own personal gains, but who are working for the purpose of proclaiming the name of the Lord in the midst of God's people, and for the purpose of being a blessing to them, not for their own um, uh, aggrandizement, not for their own benefit alone. And so, Let's have that as, at the back of our mind. That the ministers we are talking about here or the pastor that we are expecting to call is a man of God that we believe God has called. So what are the major keywords that we have found in these six translations or versions of the Bible? Number one, it says obey, have confidence, listen to, be responsive. So that word obey is being translated or is being explained by other versions to mean... To have confidence in, to listen to, to be responsive. The second thing we see is that the word, those who rule over your life. That's another thing that is clear in that passage. Those who rule over your life. In other words, your leaders or your spiritual leaders, your pastors, your pastoral leaders. Then number three says, submit yourselves, submit to their authority. Another translation says, do what they say. Do not resist them, listen to their counsel, recognize their authority. Number four, it says they watch your souls, they watch your souls, they keep watch over you, they are alert to the conditions of your lives and continually guarding your spiritual welfare. The five the number five message there is that they must give accounts. They must give accounts, they are accountable to God. They must give account of their stewardship of you to God. The number six message that we find in this one verse of the Bible is that they may do it with joy, not with grief, so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. Another translation, it says, give them reasons to do this with joy and not with sorrow, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, contribute to the joy of their leadership and not its toil or its labor. Why would you want to make things harder for them? Let them do it with joy and not with grief and groans. And the last one says, that is unprofitable to you. In other words, of no benefit to you. So this helps us to understand clearly what Hebrews 13 verse 17 wants us to understand. The message that the writer of this passage is passing across to us. And that is the message God is passing across to us. As members of the Baptist Church, expecting a new pastor, after we've had one for 25 years, we're expecting a new pastor. So how do we relate with him? What are the things we must do in order to make his ministry a blessing to us? In order to make his ministry not a burden to him. Pastors are God's servants. They are God's representatives amongst us. And the calling of God upon their heads uh, makes them to be set apart. They are set apart, although they are human beings like this, like us, but they have been set apart as the spiritual leaders in the church. Ephesians chapter 4, 11 and 12 that we read last week and we've read today talks about the fivefold ministry of the church. The Bible says that it has called some to be apostles, it's called some to be prophets, it's called some to be evangelists, to be teachers and to be pastors. In the Baptist church, we emphasize the office of the pastor and the evangelist. This does not mean that the office of the apostle, the office of the, uh, of the prophet, the office of the teacher, these offices, it doesn't mean they are not important. But we know as Baptists, we, 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 we recognize these two offices as ministries in our midst. Now, as, we, as, as this passage, Hebrews thirteen seventeen has stated, God expects us as members of this church to submit, to obey, to allow them to minister in our midst, to be responsive to their ministry in our midst, to be open to their ministry in our midst. Members-pastor relationship is very important. However, we can obey and not submit. You know, the words submit and obey, they are not the same. If they were the same, or if they are the same, the Bible wouldn't have, have, have talked about obedience and submission. It would have been tautology. But we, we know that we can obey someone and not submit to some, that person. We can obey someone and not sub, submit to that person. So as children of God, as servants of God in this place, of course we are Baptists and we believe in priesthood of every believer. But you know there is the high priest, there is the chief priest, and there are the priests. And so we must understand that the man that God is bringing to us, that though he may be coming afresh, Though he may be new in our midst, though he may not know, us, he will not know us very well, he is the leader that the Lord is bringing and is going to place over us. And so our responsibility is to obey him, our responsibility is to be subjected or to submit to him. We should submit to his vision. We should, we should obey his vision or his instruction as he directs us, believing that God is the one directing him. As much as we believe that he's a servant of God with the spirit of God and God is the one leading him, let us be willing to obey him. Why would you be in a congregation that you do not believe in the leadership of the pastor? Why? There is no need for you to be under the leadership of a man of God that you do not accept or you have not seen as a servant of God. Then you are just wasting your time. But if you have believed that this man is a servant of God, the Bible says we must submit, we must obey. So, obedience is, uh, is a response to rule. You obey rules. You can, you can okay, don't do this. Because if, if you do it, there's going to be a consequence, so you obey. So, it is, it is more like complying. But submission is yielding. You are yielding. In other words, the person, you are it's not as if you don't have your own right or you cannot do otherwise, but because you have come to respect, it, it actually has to do with respect and love for that person. So you are yielding. So in other words, if we obey this man and submit to him, it means that we have come to accept him, we have come to love him, we have come to see him as our pastor. Individually, we've come to see him as our pastor, my pastor, not just the pastor. You know, it's possible to say the pastor, their pastor, my pastor, our pastor. So when people use these words, it, it, it carries some messages. And it's really very important that we understand what God is saying. We must see this man as God's servant. We must see him as God's representative amongst us. We must see him as the one that has something to offer to us at this point. Bible says we should submit to their authority. We should recognize their authority and we should submit to their authority. So we should accept Reverend Adeleke as he comes to lead us as, as, as God's servant. So if we see him as the man after God's own heart, we will give him the total obedience and not selective obedience. I will obey when it is convenient. I will submit when it is convenient. When it is not convenient, I'm not going to submit. We should not make the ministry burdensome to this servant of God. And you, actually, the ministry can be burdensome. And we'll get there. Just let us know some of the things that can make the ministry burdensome. The Bible also says that they watch over our souls. Actually, the ministry of a pastor is, you cannot, you cannot actually, uh, it's not easy. Let me put it that way. Because whether you, you know it or not, it is 24-7. Not that you are permanently in the church 24 hours every day, but you see, you carry the burden of the members. You are always thinking. We are always thinking about the members. You are praying for them because you know that if anything should go wrong with them, it will affect you. So you are always thinking about them. You are thinking about programs that you must do, things must, that you must do. You are looking at for what is that new thing that we must bring? What can benefit my people? What is God saying to my people? You know, every time You are always thinking about them, and so it is a ministry of watching over the souls of the people, doing things that will make them better Christians. It is a burden. Sometimes you are sleeping and you just remember one member and you are not able to sleep again. I don't know if it happens to Reverend any, but it happens to me. You are just sleeping and you remember and you are not able to sleep again, and you begin to pray, or you are just you, you, you know it is so it is so it is so interesting that. We'll just get engrossed in the life of, of, the, of the people. Many times, many of us don't even have our own life. Not that we don't have families, but we have come to take the church as our family. That is the way. You have family functions you don't attend. In fact, some of us, they've actually they've, they've left us. They leave us because they know that you will, not, you will not... So when you show up for family functions, they are, ah, so you can come because they expect you not to be able to come. In other words, these people watch over your soul. And because they watch over your soul, God expects you also to be a blessing to them. They must give accounts. The Bible says they will give accounts. God is not going to ask the oldest man in Ikoyi Baptist Church to give accounts of this church. He's going to ask the pastor to give accounts. In the various ministries that we represent as ministers in your midst, God is going to ask us to give accounts. And that is why our own response is to submit and obey so that their ministry will be a blessing and not a burden. We are not going to respect him because of his age. You are not going to respect him because of his academic qualification. You are not going to respect him because of his exposure. But we are going to respect him because of the calling of God upon his life. Do not say, oh, we are all Baptists, so we are all, what, what can he do that I cannot do? You see, it is not easy. You try it. And that's why I always love that passage. Hebrews 5 verse 4. It is not something you walk into. If any pastor comes and he has not been able to tell you how God called him, then you have to, you are not, you are not sure. Because it is a responsibility. And you are going to, we are going to give account. So, why should we now walk and have burdens? Why should we now walk and not have peace? Because we are walking with a people. Let us not make him get tired immediately, he gets there. Let us not let, let him feel, ah, I hope I've not made a mistake. No. Let us as much as possible support him. That does not mean that we are not going to question, we are not, not going to ask questions. We will ask questions. We will tell him, Pastor, why do you want us to do this? But you know, as we ask him, let us ask him, as, as human beings, ask people they love questions. Let us not ask him as if we are, we are, the, we are in charge of his life. You know, the beauty of it is that you just think, ah, we have been here doing our own thing without him. And now he comes, and he now takes over. And that's many people don't want to allow. How can he just come from nowhere, and he will now come and be the, and have the finance uh, over us? And, you know, Baptist Church, we are a congregational uh, uh, uh being people. So we, have, we ask questions. We come for, um, what's it called, church in conference. In fact, we go from church council and the church in conference has the financing, We ask questions. That's the beauty of it. But we know that in our midst, he has placed someone to lead us. If there's no one to lead us, every one of us will go our own ways. But there's someone that is bringing to lead us. And the way he may be leading us to, we may not want. But if you just pay attention and listen, do you know that he will lead us all right? That is one grace that God we see that God has given to His servants. That because He has called them, because of His calling upon their lives, God has a way of covering up for His servant. That even when they make mistakes, genuine mistakes, He knows how to turn that mistakes into miracles. And so, as a as the people of God who believe that He has He has set apart pastors in our midst and is bringing a new minister to our midst, let us be willing and ready to submit to obey. I'm not saying that we should submit sheepishly as people who have no sense. Thank God we are not that kind of people. You know, in some churches, I, I was watching a video. Somebody, and he, I think it was all over the place, of a, of a congregation where the man of God in quotes, man of God in quotes, told them to, to go and be eating grass, and in fact, the people, the, before they went out to eat the, 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 the grass, they were actually bleeding like cows. And then they, they, they immediately said they should go. They ran out and started eating grass. And I was wondering. I couldn't even finish watching the, watching the video because it was so disgusting to me. But you know, that is what a servant of God, in quotes, that is not a servant of God can do. And I know no servant of God will tell you to do that here. In fact, those things that that don't carry as much whatever you question, that's the beauty of of the Baptist Church. And however, however, because we can ask questions, if care is not taken, we will overdo it. If care is not taken, we will do it to that point where the servant of God will be frustrated. You know, I said it at the beginning, that this kind of message is easier for, for a, a pastor to preach it in a church where you are not one of them. You don't know them. They just invite you, you come and speak, and you go, nobody will come and draw you and say, why did you say that? You are, you are too, too, what's the word now? But I know we are people of God. Are we not people of God? I know we are people of God. And I'm, I'm sure that the Lord will bless us through his message. What are some of the things that we can do to make the ministry a burden. Because he says, so that their ministry will be a blessing and not a burden. You know he said that. It can be a burden actually. And what are some of the things that people can do to make the ministry a burden to the servants of God? What are some of the things that members can do to make the ministry a burden? Number one, when the pastor is misunderstood or misquoted, when you are not on the same page with the pastor, when you don't understand what he's saying, when you, you, know, you may not understand something and you can, you can, you can pay attention or go, go the extra mile to understand. But if you do not understand and you, you, you misinterpret and you do not want to understand, that can make it a burden. That does not mean that the person wants you to say yes every time. No. He just wants you to understand. We may not understand, I mean, we may not be on the same, we may not have the same belief about something, but we can always allow for our individuality. And so when the pastor is not understood or is misquoted, it can make the ministry a burden. Number two, when members are secretive, when members don't let the pastor know what is happening, and I, I find it very interesting because sometimes things are happening, everybody knows all members know. They've told everybody, but they've not told the pastor. And that member is looking at you like, he's not asking me. He's not saying anything. Meanwhile, you have not come to tell the pastor what is happening. And so when the pastor eventually hears, if even some will even go uh, and, start, and start accusing the pastor, the eh, pastor hasn't even called. The pastor hasn't even, even said anything. The fact that everybody knows does not mean that the pastor knows. So if you are being secretive, he can make the work a body. He won't pry. He won't pry. He won't ask you, what did you eat in, in your house? What is happening? But you know, the, the place where God has placed the ministry of the pastor is that he has privileged information. Well, some members will not be um, open to their pastor if they see that the pastor is um, Radio Nigeria, that he tells their secret to people. But part of our training is that what members tell us. We keep it. And if you are going to share that secret, you must seek their consent. Because there are times that you want to let others who can help get, in, in, get to know what is happening. But if you trust your pastor as a servant of God, then you won't, you, won't, you won't be secretive. You will tell him what is happening. But when the pastor is asking, How is this thing? You say it is fine. And so, how do you want him to know if it is not fine? He will not know now. He's not a ghost. It's not a except the lord opens to him supernaturally to be able to see then maybe he can pray maybe he can ask you further questions and another thing i found out is that members actually wanted to know what they wanted to know in my few years of ministry i've come to realize that what members wanted to know is what you know they tell you the story to this part because that's where they wanted to know and the other part you don't have the full information And sometimes you are following and you are running up and down. You don't have the full story. He can make the work burdensome. He can make the work burdensome. Number three, when the pastor cannot find trustworthy members. When he is not trusted and when he cannot find trustworthy members. People that he can open up to. You know, because we are flesh and blood, sometimes we want to unburden. We are looking for people who want, to tell, who want to sit down with and let them know what is happening in our life. Let them know what we are going through in the ministry. Let them know the areas of our needs. So, when it looks like there's nobody around here that I can share with, it makes the ministry a burden to the pastor. When members are not responsive, when there's no growth, when there's no change, because members just do not want to respond, they won't come for any program. Prayer meeting, they will not come. Vigil, they will not come. Bible study, they will not come. They will say, no, until you do it this way. And then you do it that way. And they will come for some time and they will not come again. When members are un- unresponsive, the pastor begins to ask himself, am I a failure? May we not make the work of the minister a burden in Jesus' name. When spiritual things are secularized... When spiritual things are secularized, when we bring principles from our offices and bring it to the, we bring it to the church, when we, when we treat the church like it is not a church, then it can make the work burdens, burdensome. When pastors are treated like hired servants, it can make the ministry burdensome. We are not saying you should treat us like gods. We are not saying you should carry our Bible and carry our bags. Thank God, Baptists, we don't do that. Some other churches do that and you actually, some of you go to those churches and you don't ask questions. When the pastor is coming, you kneel down. When he's talking to you, you are not standing, you are kneeling down. Yes, now there are churches like that. Don't you see them? The man of God is coming. So, so, somebody, I was, somebody will be carrying my bag. Somebody will be carrying my Bible. What is wrong with my hand? And will they carry my mouth for me to? Before I open it so I can talk. Or will they come and hold the microphone? What is that? There's a problem with any minister like that. But you see, because we are not like that, does not mean that you should treat us like hired servants. Sometimes ministers have been treated like hired servants. That can make the ministry a burden. It can make the ministry tough. It can make the ministry discouraging. And one beautiful thing that I love Pastor Lawal for, he used to say it, my sister, nobody can pay us. He used to say it. Nobody. But you see, whatever is needed, whatever is needful, Equity Baptist Church is trying. I know they are trying. But let us look at areas where we can do better. God will help us in Jesus' name. When the church members are not sensitive to their pastor's conditions, when they are not sensitive, they are not sensitive to their needs, they are not sensitive to the things going on in their lives. When they are not sensitive and they are not able to meet those needs, it makes the work burdensome. (laughs) and you know, sometimes you just need somebody to tell you, to encourage you as well there was one day a deacon here called me he just called me and he just encouraged, I think it was deacon Yusuf he just called me that day and he just you know, encouraged me, it was like a year or two or so, so deacon Yusuf you've not done it in a while and you know, that was that was lifting to me because, uh uh-uh you are giving and giving and giving. You know, sometimes you are going through your own oh, you are going through your own issues. And then somebody, it happens one day, I was very down and somebody walked to my office crying, telling me about a problem. And I was like, ah. So what did I do? I forgot my own. And I began to minister. The wounded healer. So, as we, as we worship and as we, as, we, as we come expecting a pastor, one of the things we will do to make the work burdensome is when well, we are not sensitive to the things that are going, going on. I'm not saying that sometimes when you come, we want to tell you no. But you see, you don't even have to ask us what we are going through. Just tell us, let us know that you are praying for us. Because we are praying for you. Whether you like it or not, we are praying for you. We want everything to go well with you. So we are praying for you. When the church... Is majoring in minor, that can also make the ministry a burden. When the church is majoring in minor, when we should focus on this, we are focusing on that. When we say we are a church, we should focus on soul winning, we are focusing on so many things that that are not related, then the ministry will be a burden. When the church fails to buy into the vision of the pastor, the ministry will become a burden. When the church is polarized, there are divisions the ministry will be a burden. Because when you begin to work amongst people that you are not sure of who to actually, who to trust, or you are, you are not even sure where anyone belongs to, it will be a burden. When people who are given assignments fail to do them, the ministry will be a burden. You know, we talked about that last week. And I'm saying it again this today. When we give people assignments and they don't do it, the ministry becomes a burden. Because the pastor cannot do everything. So as we sit this morning, and as we pray and expect the coming of Reverend Kate to be the pastor, let us ask ourselves, are we preparing? Am I preparing? Now, this preparation is going to be an individual one. And if you are here this morning, you've never been involved in the life of the church. Can you begin to ask God to give you grace to be, to be involved in the life of the church? Let us not sit back. Let us not expect somebody to come and pull us out. Ah. You know, you know. Some, somebody will tell me, I've been in this church for four years and I don't know you. You've been in this church for four years. You know me, say, ah, yes, I know you. you, you, you with pride, oh, I know you now. Ah, ah, I know you. But I don't know you. You've been in the church for four years. You come in, you come out. Sunday, Sunday. You know that Daraprin we used to use when we were young? Is it, I think they still said Daraprin. Sunday, Sunday medicine. Can you just tell yourself and prepare your mind and say, I'm not going to be Daraprin. I'm not going to be Sunday, Sunday. I want to be involved in the ministry of this man. Lord, lead me and open my eyes to the areas you want me to serve so that his ministry will be a blessing and not a burden. Let us begin to see you. New, new. Let's begin to see p- p- people we've not been used to. Let it not be the, the same people every time. We'll know them every time. No. Let us see you. You've not been involved. Come out. Come and be involved. Don't say, it's my children that are involved. I'm, I'm the one supporting them. You don't you know that if I don't support them, they won't come? Now you two come, daddy. Eh? Mommy, you two come. Oh, it's my wife. No, now you two come. I I, I travel a lot. You know, if you actually are willing to serve, God will give you that time. He will give you that time. So, let us prepare our mind and prepare our heart in readiness for the coming of this new pastor, trusting that his ministry will be a blessing to us and not a burden to him and a cost to us. The Bible says, if it is that, it's not going to benefit us. It is not going to profit us. And I pray it will not be our portion. The ministry of Reverend Adeleke will profit us and will be a blessing to us in the name of Jesus Christ. And so as I conclude, let me challenge those at the helm of her to also begin to pray and prepare in order for us to have a resounding ministry where we will have crowds, we have people who will come. Up, down, we will have people who will come because we are prepared. And I trust that if we play our own part well, God himself is going to play his own part because it's a faithful God and it will glorify his name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you were blessed. Ikwe Baptist Church is a Bible believing church located at Five to 7 Latif Jakande Road in Ikoi of Lagos State, Nigeria You can find us on Facebook at Ikoi Baptist Church or reach the church directly via phone at 0163 and 0163 For more information, please visit the church website at wwwikoi We look forward to having you back next week.